Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, Kevin Hirsch with SaskAgToday.com weighed in on a few topics from canola prices to a recent grasshopper survey. Farm Credit Canada is expecting new farm equipment sales to slow next year as the COP28 conference in Dubai rolls on. A group says Canada needs to stay ahead of the curve on climate change. And a webinar hosted by the Beef Cattle Research Council covered vitamin A deficiency in calves and how to address it. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. A number of topics were covered by SaskAgToday.com Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch from Friday's SaskAgToday.com Roundtable. He first talked about the Saskatchewan grasshopper forecast map for next year. I, I appreciate all the work that that's goes into this, and, and there's a lot of uh, adult grasshopper counts go into this. I, I think it's a couple in each uh, rural municipality. But last year at this time, the, the grasshopper forecast map, basically they're forecasting next year's population based on their count of adult hoppers in, in, the, in the fall period. It, in my opinion, missed the mark. The grasshopper problem was far worse over a much broader area last year. And I fear that uh, the same situation is happening this year. Yes, they show some hot spots, but they also show uh, lots of areas of moderate or light infestations that had, I thought, a, thought, a pretty significant problem with grasshoppers this year. So maybe a, a Mother Nature will help us out and we'll get a a wet spring and the crops will get off to a good start and then grasshopper development will be uh, retarded somewhat and and will will not have a big problem with grasshoppers but i fear that the grasshopper forecast map is again underestimating the extent and severity of the potential problem hirsch then touched on the water security agency's freeze-up report one thing to watch too at some point i suspect that there will be a 
uh, fall uh, subsoil moisture map uh, published, and that that really takes into account rainfall after harvest and how much is stored in the ground. And if you look at some of the precipitation levels in say September onward, uh, the some of that dry southern part of the province uh, has actually done better than some of the central and northern areas. So it'll be interesting when the the, the subsoil moisture map comes out as well. He added that he's concerned about the recent lower grain and oil seed prices. Uh, nobody seems to be able to predict what's going to happen with a lot of these markets, but they, you know, there's a bit of up and down, but a lot of stuff is pretty soft. Wheat is pretty soft. Uh, Durham is pretty soft. Canola is, you know, now and then rallies, but has, has softened back down. Hirsch noted that Bill C-234, the bill that would exempt propane and natural gas from the federal carbon tax used for grain drying and for heating and cooling barns and greenhouses, still hasn't passed third reading in the Senate. I don't think I ever recall a time when there was so much gamesmanship in the Senate. We're used to it in the House of Commons, but usually when something passes through the House of Commons to the Senate, which is supposed to be the, the sober second thought on things. And sometimes they'll send it back to the House of Commons with what they see as some useful amendments. But in this case, I, I don't ever recall seeing so much gamesmanship in the Senate. And and the, if this continues, this it may in fact uh, stall this bill till, uh, to oblivion again. So it's... Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that the, the government is winning very many friends in the ag community by their handling of this. He thinks the Senate seems to be overstepping its power. Well, and, and the Senate might, you know, sometimes has a useful amendment, but really by the amendments they've been proposing and then re-proposing, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're really killing much of the intent of the original bill that was passed in the House of Commons. So it's very, very, uh, I think, I, it's, to me, it's very troubling to see. Hirsch also talked about the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan's annual general meeting in Regina this week. It's taken a long time, but little by little, APAS is really becoming uh, the main voice for agriculture in Saskatchewan, I would suspect. At least that would be my view. Like, I'm, I'm old enough, I can remember when Saskatchewan Wheat Pool was the main voice. Uh, and then we've got many voices. We've got National Farmers Union. We've got Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. There's all sorts of, and then the crop commissions, uh, especially the major crop commissions are, are playing a role. But in many instances, the major crop commissions like Sask Wheat, Sask Canola, Sask Pulse, sometimes get together with APAS on certain issues to issue statements. So it's taken a long time and not all rural municipalities are part of APAS. But I would suggest that uh, despite struggles for many years to be relevant, that uh, EPAS is getting there. I'm actually quite impressed with uh, some of the progress they've made. Kevin Hirsch is the chief agricultural editor for SaskAgToday.com, and you can find the roundtable on the 620 CKRM YouTube channel and at SaskAgToday.com. Coming up next on the program, we got Farm Credit Canada in a latest report expecting new farm equipment sales for next year to slow a bit. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. 
In its latest report, Farm Credit Canada is projecting sales of new farm equipment in 2024 to slow down. Senior economist at FCC Lee Anderson says it's driven by high interest rates, increased equipment prices, a decline in commodity prices, drought in Western Canada, and tighter revenues in the livestock sectors. A chart looking at equipment sales growth shows four-wheel drive tractors and agricultural implements such as air drills as the only equipment types expected to have positive gains next year. The low inventories that we had the last few years and delays in equipment deliveries from manufacturers, some of that is reflected in the stronger growth for four-wheel drive tractors and egg implements such as uh, air drills and stuff. Some of them previous years we had delays in deliveries, and that's kind of a spillover to still into 2024. Most of the supply chains have fully recovered, but some of the strong sales are still in 2024, kind of reflected from previous issues. The age of farm equipment is another factor. That's one of the factors that we're saying is kind of on the radar to watch, given a potential slowdown in equipment sales, that from our analysis, if you look back over the sales over the last 10, 15 years, uh, relative to sales the last five years, it's been the age of the equipment could potentially be an older. So we're saying that maybe this is something to watch that given the age of equipment, that a slowdown could be potentially short-lived. Anderson also says inflation and interest rates will influence farmers' plans to replace used equipment. They might push that equipment out longer when they're going to replace it as they wait for interest rates to maybe stabilize or fall. So that kind of, that impacts, of course, their cash flow for uh, making new purchases. On the flip side, a lot of cash has gone into a lot of deals that we've heard in the industry lately, and that's driven by strong profitability over the last few years. And that brings us to another point to monitor for in 2024 is, you know, commodity prices and farm revenue. Those are strong um, drivers of farm equipment sales is what farm revenue uh, does. And now while we just said commodity prices have come down, 2022 was, you know, very good year for a lot of uh, grain and oilseed producers in Western Canada. And same with the revenue that we've had. The first half of 2023 has been also strong. So this placed a lot of producers in a strong financial position to absorb higher interest rates and equipment prices. Anderson believes the strong financial position some farmers were in this year will carry over to next year. Also, what we're hearing, you know, there was drought in Western Canada. And there's some areas that were, of course, get really bad. But there's some areas that we are hearing that crops were better than expected, which could support, you know, some stronger farm revenue than expected into 2024. He says the report is available online on the FCC website for farmers to check out. They can use it for their own decision-making and thinking of their own costs for replacing equipment, whether that's to hang on to equipment longer, considering sometimes those repair costs that go with it, or if they should replace with new or even when they upgrade into maybe something that's used as well. They can think about that in their own, what works best on their operation. Lee Anderson is a senior economist with Farm Credit Canada. The 2024 outlook for Canadian farm equipment market can be found at farmcreditcanada.ca. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integritire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integritire dealers. And My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Canadian farmers will harvest more wheat and canola than was expected several months ago as crops rallied from dry conditions that threatened yields. Statistics Canada's crop estimates tend to increase in the annual December report, but the agency's raised estimate for all-wheat production surpassed industry expectations. Global wheat ending stocks have fallen four years in a row, with Canada's drought and heavy rain in Australia tightening this year's supplies, offset somewhat by a big Russian harvest. Canada is the world's fourth largest wheat exporter and the biggest canola exporter. Statistics Canada estimated all wheat production at 32 million metric tons, the second lowest in six years, but an increase from its September estimate of 29.8 million. Farmers produced 18.3 million metric tons of canola, up from 17.4 million in the previous report, but down 2% from last year. Stats Canada's estimate matched the average trade guess. Spring wheat bids in western Canada were mixed during the weekend at Friday as futures in the United States hit contract lows before bouncing higher and strength in the Canadian dollar cut into basis levels. Average Canada western red spring at 13.5% wheat prices were down by $1.60 to $2.40 per metric ton across the prairies, according to price quotes from a cross-section of delivery points compiled by price and data quotes. Average prices ranged from $321.80 per metric ton in northeastern Saskatchewan to as high as $346.60 per metric ton in southern Alberta. Canada Prairie Spring Red wheat bids were up by $3 to $7.60 per ton, with prices ranging from $274.20 to $290.90 per metric ton. Average Durham prices were down by $2.30 to $4.70 per metric ton. Prices ranged from $455 to $465.20 per metric ton. A Winnipeg pea and canola protein processor in receivership since the spring remains mothballed for now with no firm buyer, but has paid off one of its three secured creditors. Merit Functional Foods, which entered receivership March 1st after just two years' operation, has sold all its remaining finished and raw inventory and directed much of the proceeds toward full repayment of its debt to its operating lender, CIBC. That's according to the latest report from Merritt's court-appointed receiver, Price Waterhouse Coopers, or PWC, which it said in its November 14th filing that the sale process it launched March 13th has not yet led to an executed purchase agreement. PWC's November 14th report included a supplemental document laying out the details of the sale process so far, but that supplement was ordered sealed in a November 23rd ruling by Court of King's Bench Judge Chris Martin in Winnipeg. CN and CPKC Rail supply to combine 96% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 17, a modest decline from the 99% order fulfillment performance seen the previous week. 
However, on a combined basis, it remained above the 90% performance threshold for the fifth consecutive week, having averaged 95% order fulfillment on a weekly basis over that time period. The decline in performance reflects a deterioration in performance for each of CN and CPKC, although more notably CN. In supplying 93% of cars ordered by shippers in week 17, CN saw performance decline from the 99% order of fulfillment performance they posted in week 16. CN performance remains above the 90% performance threshold for the second consecutive week and fourth time in the last five weeks. CPKC performance declined very slightly, with the railway supplying 98% of shipper orders in week 17 as compared to the 99% order fulfillment performance in week 16. CPKC performance remains above the 90% threshold for the sixth consecutive week. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says it has detected the presence of avian influenza at a Chilliwack, B.C. commercial poultry operation. It's now the 50th B.C. location where the contagious viral infection has been detected at commercial or backyard bird operations since October. Commonly known as bird flu, avian influenza can affect several species of food producing birds as well as pet birds and wild birds. More than 5 million birds have been culled since the outbreak. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm precision weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, coming into work this morning, uh, it was snowing, and uh, just enough to cover the roads, and from what the forecast looks like, however, uh, that might be the uh, only time that we'll get uh, flurries or snow? Yeah, of any significance anyway, there is a chance for a few flurries to the end of the week, but temperatures are going to be cooling off right as the precipitation is exiting, so the chance of really seeing much come from that is low. And even looking around right now, uh, the only area really getting any snow is overhead. There's not a whole lot right now. There are pockets of light snow, but most of that is flurries. It's not really amounting to much. The only thing amounting to much still is this little batch that's going to move on through uh, over the next little while. Once that clears out, uh, things are looking a whole lot better. There's a lot of dryness to our uh, northwest. All of this activity is moving east, southeast. So not a completely um, opposing direction where it's going to clear out immediately. But we are going to see these flurries diminish over the next uh, couple of hours. Basically, some flying in the air, but any significant snow, uh, a few more hours, and then we'll partially clear out through the afternoon. Temperature, though, not going to move much. We're holding minus 1, minus 2 this afternoon. The wind in the 10 to 20 range this afternoon. Tonight, clear sky down to around minus 8, and tomorrow, a warmer day. The precipitation moving east-southeast, but the warm air is moving northeastward. So the whole system really is pivoting northeastward. You can't see it on a smaller scale, but it is going to bring in the warm air. We'll feel it tomorrow. We'll see some sunshine. We'll have a temperature up to around 4 degrees for the afternoon tomorrow. Not dropping off a whole lot tomorrow night either. I'd be surprised if many of us get too far below zero 
tomorrow night. The wind will stay up, though, south to southwest, 15 to 25, likely a few higher gusts in the afternoon, staying up 15 to even 30 30, uh, Tuesday night. And Wednesday, partly sunny. The wind shifts back into the northwest. We'll get to 5 and then start to drop off. A quick shot of rain or snow, and I think it's most likely rain, maybe a little snow mixing in for the evening hours Thursday. Temperature falling from a high of 1. We'll be at minus 2 on Friday, but this does not look to be a very lasting cold. We will be cool, still above normal. Uh, to start off next week, and temperatures look to trend right back up before the week is out. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this period are at minus 7, the normal lows minus 18. Sun rose at 841 this morning, and the sun will set at around 456 late this afternoon. Around the province, in Estevan, 0, Swift Current, minus 2, Saskatoon, minus 7, Weyburn, minus 1, and Yorkton, minus 8 degrees. The warm spot in the province is in Maple Creek at 4.7 degrees. The cold spot in Stony Rapids at minus 14.8. In Regina, cloudy sky, northwest wind at 16 kilometers an hour, humidity at 93%, temperature minus 2 or 29 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.4 and rising. In Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy, west-northwest wind at 15 kilometers an hour, temperature at zero. Again in Regina, cloudy. Northwest wind at 16, temperature minus 2 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The COP28 conference in Dubai will spend a full week discussing agricultural sustainability as part of the climate change agenda. The group, Farmers for Climate Solutions, says Canada needs to get ahead of the curve and be ready for future changes. Randomly selected producers will participate in forums across the prairies this winter, January in Manitoba, February in Saskatchewan, and March in Alberta. The former president of Pulse Canada, Gordon Bacon, will serve as a co-lead for the three-day forums. We want to sit down and have a really open and frank discussion about sustainability, carbon emissions, and solutions going forward. I'm really looking at it from the perspective of market demand, making sure that we're ready for the changes that are going on in the food industry. And it's really a time now where we start talking about, are there opportunities, are there requirements for market access? And how do we make sure that we are seen as the preferred supplier for markets where this is important? Bacon says producer voices are needed to make sure Canada is ready for changes going on in the food industry. We really want to focus on profitability. We want to make sure that we are uh, looking at the market demand. And profitability is really kind of the agronomic side of things, the market demand side of things. We have to be aware of policy issues that are uh, at our own national government level and at the international level. So what the European Union wants, if we're going to have access to that market. And I think there's also a link into research, agronomic research, in terms of what's our plan to continually get better. Bacon says one example are scope three emissions that occur in a business supply chain. For farmers, it would be items such as feed and fertilizer. You're going to see, and we're already seeing grain companies, you know, looking at meeting targets for 
scope three emissions. And so what we want to do is make sure that um, we have that discussion about the changes that are going on in, on the market demand side of things and, and how we can make sure we're ready. Recommendations coming out of the forums will be included in a report to be released later next year. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. We'll be back right after this quick break. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Vitamin A deficiency can be a concern for calves born during longer periods of drought. Dr. John Campbell is a leading expert in bovine health and management at the University of Saskatchewan's Large Animal Clinical Science Department. Vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin. It's uh, found in fresh green forage largely. It's beta-carotene. That's the precursor that has the greatest vitamin A activity. So that's the orange-yellow pigments that we get in green leaves. And so cattle eat that, and it's stored in the liver and fatty tissues. And the liver contains about 90% of the vitamin A. So if they stop eating green feed, they're going to have maybe about four months of storage if they've had lots of green, fresh forage. But obviously the risk factors are when pastures get bleached out or we have drought-grown hay that we're feeding, weathered forages, prolonged feed storage, all the things that happen to us during uh, drought conditions. Extensive research on vitamin A deficiency has been conducted by Dr. Cheryl Waldner at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. She and Dr. Fabian Eulinger published a paper in 2017 where they looked at calves from 150 herds in Alberta, Saskatchewan with, and got vitamin A levels from them. And almost 60% of the calves were classified as less than adequate. Vitamin A deficiency in those calves was associated with drought conditions. So if you had less than 200 millimeters of rain on your farm, you were more likely to have vitamin A deficiency in your calves. It's important to know that vitamin A doesn't cross the placenta. So the newborn calves get all their vitamin A from the colostrum. So when people send me a, a newborn calf sample to get vitamin A levels at it, I never know if if it's the cow that was low in vitamin A and so she didn't get much to the calf or maybe the calf just didn't get colostrum. So you've always got to differentiate those two things. The big part of that study, calves with low serum, serum vitamin A, if they were less than sort of the deficient level, they were almost three times more likely to die. So pretty significantly associated with health as well. Newborn calves with vitamin A deficiency run the risk of stillbirth. The risk of stillbirth is significantly increased in low precipitation years. Now, she was controlling for all the other factors. So that's controlling for body condition score and all the other things that might impact risk of stillbirth. So low precipitation still had an impact, and that's probably through vitamin A, although it could be through some other factors as well. Dr. John Campbell is a leading expert in bovine health and management at the University of Saskatchewan's Large Animal Clinical Science Department. His comments come from a recent webinar hosted by the Beef Cattle Research Council. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly down in early trading today. Canola is up 40 cents at 638.32. 
Number one red spring wheat is down a dollar eight cents at three nineteen thirty five. The rest were unchanged. Durham four seventy oh five. Feed barley two sixty two fifty eight. Chickpeas eleven sixty eight forty four. Flax six thirty one oh four. Lentils seven ninety seven fifty. Oats two ninety six thirty two. Yellow peas three eighty oh three. And feed wheat two thirty five forty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down two and a quarter cents, seven dollars and twenty eight cents a bushel. Coming up is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. Now here are the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards. The 2,500 head on offer last week. Here's how it went. Good cows, they traded from 120 to 135. Medium cows, 90 to $1.20. The good bulls, they traded from 110 to 154. And the heiferets and feeding cows were 180 to 235. Good bred cows here on Thursday brought uh, 28 to 3,500. We did see some good exceptional ones get up to 3,600. And the bred heifers bringing 3,000 to 3,700. Uh, this week, December. December the 7th, red is the color. We're going to have some really good bred cows on offer featuring the Jerry Grop herd dispersal, Gary Chamberlain with some real front-end top-cut heifers, and much, much more. For further information, give us a call, 773-3174, Canada's source for quality, Heartland Livestock and Swift Current. The latest pork prices are at $175.64 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Statistics Canada boosted 2023 canola and wheat production estimates as crops finished better than expected in parts of the prairies. StatsCan estimated all wheat production at 32 million metric tons compared to the September estimate of 29.8 million tons. However, that is still the second smallest wheat crop in six years. Canadian farmers produce 18.3 million tons of canola, up 900,000 tons from the previous report, but 2% lower than last year. On the markets, the TSX is down 26 points at 20,426. The Dow is down 107 points to 36,138. Oil is down 55 cents at $73.52 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 73.90 cents U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's going to do it for Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.